Performance Podcast from Bottomline Technologies. Greetings and welcome to the Payments Podcast. My name is John Gaffney and I'll be your host for this episode that examines the role that is arguably the centerpiece of any company's financial picture. And that, of course, is the role of the treasurer. While treasury functions and responsibilities may differ from company to company, when information is needed on liquidity management, cash positions, and cash forecasting, there's always one executive expected to step up and deliver. In most cases, it's the office of the treasurer. With economic uncertainty putting the spotlight on liquidity and payments technology, the treasurer's role is evolving. Now, here to discuss that evolution is one of the foremost experts in the field, and that's Tom Hunt. Tom is Director of Treasury Services and Payments at the Association for Financial Professionals, and he directs the thinking that helps educate, inform, and certify the AFP's membership. If you're not familiar with the AFP, you should be. Give some great content, and they are a great association. They're the certifying body in Treasury and Finance and administers the Certified Treasury Professional and Certified Corporate Financial Planning and Analysis Professional Credentials, and those set the standard of excellence in the profession globally. The group is also currently preparing for its annual conference, which will be held in San Diego this year on October 22nd. Welcome, Tom. Hi, thank you. Happy to be here. And we're happy to have you. Tom, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lead off with a quote that is not from the great content on the AFP site. Um, my apologies for that. Uh, it's from a report that I read about the treasurer um, from Oliver Wyman. And here's the quote. As successful treasurers demonstrably add value to businesses, they are transitioning into roles that embrace and initiate strategic input. It's a sequence that in turn boosts the visibility reputation, and stature of the job as it establishes itself as one that demands the mindset of a progressive business partner. Now, given your remit at AFP, I know that's music to your ears, but seriously, how do you think the corporate treasurer's role has evolved, and what about that evolution is most exciting to you? Well, first of all, that's a great quote from Oliver Wyman, um, very well written, and it's it, uh, they actually partnered with us on our strategic role of treasury survey. So a um, little bit of insight into that. And, and in the 14 years I've been here at AFP, I've definitely seen the role evolving, um, becoming more of an ally, more of a business partner, uh, having a bigger seat at the table, especially when it comes to the C-suite. Um, you know, the treasury department's being called on to do more, certainly around liquidity planning, um, working capital, uh, you know, some of the real blocking and tackling things of Treasury have really become more in the forefront, uh, especially as more of an anticipated recession uh, was expected to hit. Um, companies really pared back. Um, a lot of Treasury professionals really kind of um, focused internally more on costing out expense projects, whatnot, um, to keep, help keep the business running. But um, that's one of the best things that they do. And, you know, as the light is being sh shined upon them, the, you know, they continue to rise to the challenge. They're taking on more. Um, they're moving into areas where historically Treasury hasn't been in, um, managing um, leasing, managing real estate, um, you know, a couple areas around that, maybe moving more into insurance, risk management, uh, areas that Treasury typically hasn't really uh, delved into, but, you know, 
along with that, they're also expanding their roles as a partner. Um, so being a stronger ally with FP&A, working with controllers more and more about um, uh, accounting aspects, um, you know, especially as their systems evolve, their challenges evolve, um, and, you know, basically being a good partner and ally to the business is really where we're seeing Treasury evolve, but more so, um, you know, becoming, uh, you know, more, more and more um, kind of an ally to the C-suite as well and being called upon to help the company uh, not only survive, but also thrive for the longer term. Yeah, as, as we said on the briefing call, I just love this line, so I have to put it out there. Treasurers now get the high back chair, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yes, definitely. They're, they're not on a stool anymore in the back of the room. <laughs> they're, uh, you know, they've moved to the front, uh, front and center, and they're, you know, they're, they're along with their other counterparts, um, you know, from, from various aspects of the business. So it reminds me of an issue that seems to have been all the rage about six months ago, and that was connected finance, um, which is still talked about. And the concept being that the treasurer, CFO, and other finance leaders are breaking out of their silos and being, as we just said, more um, connected to strategy and leadership. Do you still hear, hear a lot from your members about being more connected? Absolutely, especially on projects that they get drawn into or are leading that are company-wide. Uh, a lot of companies focused on working capital in the last couple of years. Uh, I think kind of leading into COVID, they really did a lot of balance sheet planning. And then the next step would have been unlocking a lot of uh, unused cash. And, you know, when it comes down to the cash conversion cycle, um, you know, that, that spans across multiple departments. And so leading a, a kind of a task force or being part of a task force to really dive into kind of the levers that the company has to, you know, for accounts receivable to um, accounts payable, and then the kind of the, the real gray area is inventory. And as companies built up their inventories just in case, um, you know, Treasury is really helping kind of uh, figure out, you know, what is, what is the right level, but, you know, doing the analytics somewhat behind that, but really focusing primarily on, DSO and DPO, but also, um, you know, spanning that larger uh, project base and really getting their name out there further. And, you know, that that stems or that leads into other areas like looking at um, discounting terms or credit analysis for clients or, um, you know, heading into a recession when companies were, you know, doing bankruptcy analysis, looking at synopsis of, okay, if this is a key supplier, vendor, customer, you know, what are one, what are some solutions we can put in place to help them? But then how can we accelerate cash or how do we, you know, lengthen cash if we're paying out? So it's um, being a partner and that is probably, I want to say in the last couple of years, it's been a real high focus area. Um, aside from liquidity planning, which um, is really where Treasury shines and really where their expertise comes out. So, Tom, as as this evolution takes place, I'm I'm sure there's going to be some bumps along the road. Um, do you sense any frustrations about the ability for a treasurer to continue on this path at the speed that they're traveling? Uh, I mean, there's always a lag, right, between challenges and technology acquisition. Um, 
you know, so trying to do more with less, trying to make sure that they can keep up with the pace and the speed of what they're being asked for, uh, but also having those resources available to meet those needs. Um, you know, that's a, that's a constant struggle. Um, if I had to guess, it seems like companies from I hear are probably three to four years behind um, and then they make the big jump if they put technology in place and keep up for, for a good portion of time. But the challenge is getting the IT resources and getting the onboarding and the funding. Um, but, you know, by demonstrating that Treasury is well capable and they're a powerhouse of information and, and analytical capabilities, um, you know, they, they can demonstrate their, their value to the company and also to the other line businesses within the company. So let's talk about one of the challenges uh, that I, that I know has to come up for them, Tom, and and, and that's that's fraud, um, an unfortunate topic, but necessary. Um, so you guys did a report called the Payments Fraud and Control Survey recently, reported sixty five percent of organizations were victim of payments fraud, and of those organizations that experienced attempted or actual fraud, seventy one percent were victims of business email compromise. What do you feel like your members need right now to fight payments and social engineering fraud that they don't have right now? You know, it's always interesting to find out those uh, those companies that are susceptible to that could probably put in some simple process procedures and, you know, vendor products, bank products to really help them kind of meet you know, mitigate that risk. But it's also, I would say the the people that respond to that survey are kind of more of the um, well-informed. I, I would say that they're probably using probably 80 to 90% of the capabilities um, and they're having conversations with their bank or their vendor about other options to explore for that next, um, next threat that's around the corner. Um, you know, it, BEC scams is still the number one or one of the highest um, scams that the FBI reports. Uh, it's the social engineering aspect that is really hard to control and really hard to get under control. Um, you know, so it's it's that continual balance of being ever mindful of you know is this a, a fraudulent email? Is this a fraudulent vendor? change of uh, banking instructions. Um, you know, it's, it's really about having the proper procedures and controls in place to make sure that the company mitigates that risk, but then also having the support of the senior um, senior officials or the senior, you know, even of the C-suite to, to back that individual on the front lines to say, great, I'm glad you checked with me. Um, you know, there's, there's always an open door to make sure that we have this in place. And more and more companies are doing that. Um, you know, I think as Treasury becomes a partner as a, in relates to that, um, you know, making sure that AP has the same process and procedures that Treasury does, because AP, you know, from that survey, AP was uh, determined to be the most susceptible to BEC fraud. Um, so just extending those resources, making sure that they're using the proper protocols and they have the, you know, they've got the the backing from the C-suite or they've got the backing from the senior level um, officials within the organization to support that mindset. 
Well said. So we recently here at Bottom Line published our, our own research report. Um, it's called the Business Payments Barometer. And one of the set of findings in there that surprised me had to do with banking relationships. Corporates, according to this report, um, expect a lot of automated and embedded services. And I know you have a virtual event coming up on bank relationships. What are the things that you expect to hear at that event? Yeah, no, thanks for bringing that event up. It's, um, you know, we're really focusing kind of more on that operational aspect around bank relationship management. Um, I think some of the things that we're telling, and we saw it a little bit in our liquidity survey this year, is the ease of working with an institution. Um, Because we, you know, a lot of corporates have their money with their banks, uh, either in bank deposits and the number one value driver behind that is the relationship. And so you take a completely intangible uh, product with extremely qualitative uh, measurements and you know you try and quantify and use quantitative methods as much as possible um, you know, in terms of managing fees and whatnot. But I think what what we're also looking at as well is, is you know, what happened in March with the regional banking crisis. And that's had a profound change on relationship management and mindset for a lot of corporate treasury professionals. Um, you know, it's, we saw there's a big shift to the larger banks as a result. Um, but, you know, with that comes the opportunity for kind of more of that middle-sized corporate to still you know, find value in their relationships and maybe some smaller institutions that have a niche uh, capability or an offering. Um, so I, I would expect to see a little bit of discussion about shifting providers, but I would really expect to see kind of a, a large discussion on ease of working with that institution. Um, you know, how quickly can I get an account opened? How quickly are my questions answered um you know i need to i need to have this account in place for this transaction and you know it's got to be done by x date and kyc is a big issue um continues to be uh, aml um, is it's a big part of that and that all plays into the whole relationship formula and um, that formula is evolving and always changing Um, you know it tends to be Safety and soundness can be a, a pretty important aspect, which we saw kind of more from the liquidity survey. But then, um, you know, there's also a shift to the overall relationship. And that's that's a, a bigger mix in terms of, um, you know, if you're if you've got a large client or bank group and what the mix of those institutions are and what you plan to kind of delve out in terms of what you're uh, needs and, and wants are in terms of your banking services. And so it's, it's, it's a tough question to answer. Uh, but, you know, I would expect that there would be a fair amount of discussion around just uh, the nuts and bolts of treasury, just uh, opening, operating and um, maintaining those accounts and relationships. Great. Very well said. So let's switch to another topic, Tom in the news and that's real-time payments and fed now everyone's talking about the fed now launch we were just talking about it uh, previously but i know there's another issue on your agenda and that's using real-time payments for b2b payments why do you think b2b payments haven't picked up more aggressively 
Yeah, great question. And that's one thing that I continue to kind of be curious about um, and continue to monitor. And I, I know one of the major roadblocks is, um, you know, a lot of corporates will send out ACH payments, um, you know, and those typically go through a batch. Um, they're entered into the AP system or a procurement system, a PO is generated. You know, it's a very long, or it can be a long, but it's all, you know, it's, it's a very well-defined process within an organization. And to make changes to that, to enable a payment to go out, you know, you know in, a, in a moment's notice has to have a good business case behind it. And when you kind of break down that batch cycle and you're doing one-off payments, it's, you know, aside from doing wires, um, you know, it, it's going to have to be, there'll have to be a good business case and a good costing out to make it efficient for uh, companies to do so. Now, where it, where it seems to work well is for a lot of real, real estate firms that are doing funding kind of on a moment's notice. Um, you know, that's probably the best application that I've, I've heard of. Um, I think with the B2B side of things, you've also got all the remittance information that needs to come with that payment. Um, I know from our previous payment surveys, um, you know, it's the payment goes out via ACH, but all the remittance information goes out via email. Um, hopefully we can get away with that. I know the real-time payments rail was built with the capability to include remittance information. Now, will the systems catch up and will the systems that corporates and banks need to put in place really enable that? Um, so for now, I think a lot of business-to-business -business transactions are trying to figure out where they can use it but um, but happy to see that it's on board and online now. Um, you know, it's been a few years in the making. Yeah, it has. It's several years in the making. So, Tom, that gets me down to my last question. Um, we've we've covered the evolution of Treasury up to this point, um, but I'd like to ask you how you see it evolving over the next one to three years. Do you think there's another level to gain for the Treasurer? There's always another level to gain for the Treasurer. Um, Every challenge and every opportunity or every crisis that comes to Treasury, they always rise to the challenge and they always meet the needs and hopefully they exceed those needs as well. Um, you know, what what could be happening from an economic standpoint? Um, you know, we just are coming out of the pandemic. Uh, they were certainly rose to the challenge around that. Um, you know, they, they rose to the challenge around the regional banking crisis. Um, so anything macroeconomic, uh, if there is a pending recession, if we ever get there, or if the feds hold off on raising rates, you know, they're going to manage accordingly, keep an even keel and, you know, an eye on the horizon, definitely. But, uh, you know, expanding their role as a partner to the organization, as a partner to businesses will continue to, to evolve. And that's going to present them with unique opportunities that you know, enables their staff to do kind of more cool special projects, um, helps their, their staff grow and develop internally, stay engaged, um, you know, as we're all more, more and more remote uh, working, um, you know, that's always a, a challenge to keep your, your staff engaged, um, you know, mentally focused, um, happy, uh, you know, continue to go to work every day type of a 
of, um, of an effect, but really it's more expanding that role and opportunity for the department across the organization and uh, helping, helping the company evolve and grow as well. All right. Thank you very much. That is a wrap. Um, my guest today has been Tom Hunt, Director of Treasury Services and Payments for the Association for Financial Professionals. Tom, I'd like to thank you for joining us today. Thank you. My, my, uh, my pleasure. Uh, and once again, the, um, the AFP annual event is coming up at San Diego, uh, October 22nd. Um, so thank you again, Tom. I would like all of our audience to join us next time at the Payments Podcast. We're on all your favorite platforms, SoundCloud, Apple, and Spotify. And we'll see you next time. from Bottom Line Technologies.